0: Bienvenidos. I'm Miriam Suela Perez, and I'm Veronica Valletti Flores, and this is Radio Menea, a mix of alternative and mainstream Latino jams.
1: So the song we've been listening to is "Tu Recuerdo" by Ricky Martin. I don't know that I ever thought we would bring Ricky Martin to this podcast, um, (laughs) but clearly this is my pick because he's very mainstream, and no no shade to Ricky Martin. And the reason that we Decided to, to start this episode with uh, his music is because today we're focusing all on queer artists.
0: Yes, it's Junior Feliz
1: Pride. And uh, not only is Ricky Martin queer, but he's also probably the most well known um, and public of the queer Latino artists, I think. He's the most visible, probably the most popular, one of the most uh, mainstream, so he gets a lot of cred, cred I think for coming out um, and being so open about his identity even though it did take him quite a while. It took
0: him in a minute. He had like mad beards <laughs> for a while. Who was he dating? I don't remember. I uh, me But it was like a string of like Miss Universe contestants. Oh, wow. I wonder what that was like for them. So pobrecitas. Or, yeah. you know, maybe they got paid. Right. Maybe it was an agreement. Maybe he was a beard yeah. for them, too. Who knows, right? Like, That's... what they might have been doing oh with God.
1: their lives.
0: Maybe they were leses. Ooh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So clearly, you know, lots of people choose to be in and out of the closet for so many reasons, but as like queer people ourselves. I really do appreciate when when folks decide to come out of the closet. So he came out in 2010, and it was pretty hilarious because, like, no one was surprised. The Rolling Stones, uh, there was a Rolling Stones headline that just read, Yep, he's gay. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, was, it so, was not a big surprise for the folks. Yeah,
1: especially because two years earlier, he had twin boys via surrogate. I don't know how many straight men would do that, so... But, you know, it's there's a lot of reasons why they don't come out, especially um, in that kind of spotlight. And I don't know if you remember, Beto, did he get a lot of flack after he came out? I don't like think so. I think everybody no was
0: like, yeah, clearly.
1: Ob's Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> but I do remember. I mean, it felt like a big deal that he took that step. And his career has continued to, like, flourish. And um, I love to follow these artists on Instagram. And he posts the most shirtless selfies Really? Of anyone? Oh my god! Like every a hotel room in every country in the world, shirtless selfie, like in these like <laughs> pristine white bed sheets. So, so this song that um, we're listening to is from a 2006 unplugged album, which I like because it gives that gives him a little bit more of like a rougher edge, right? It's not the really polished pop sounds that he's used we're used to hearing from him. And I actually do like this song, even though I, I you know I don't listen to his music that much, but. Um, I really appreciated this song and remembered hearing it back in the day.
0: So the next song that I have for you all is Alex Santuante, who is a chileno, and it's called Siempre es Viernes en mi corazón.
1: Viernes, siempre es viernes en mi corazón Siempre quiero dar total destrucción De este mundo que he
0: conocido El trabajo que no, que no
1: es
0: I really, really love this song because it's basically about burning everything down and having a dance party, which is kind of my <laughs> politics.
1: It's, that's it's a really great description of your politics. <laughs>
0: so basically, it um, it's this sort of disco pop song that, that at, the, at its center has this really political agenda. It points these really heavy critiques at Congress um, and the church. La iglesia yeah. m Mem- Like, if I'm gonna, like spend all this time on fire. I'm not going to light myself on fire. I'm going to light Congress and the church on fire. (laughs) Burn it all down, Alex. Wow. So this album just came out in 2016, right? Like in April. And it also has all of these like anti-capitalist themes, right? So he says, you know, Siempre quiero la total destrucción de este mundo como lo he conocido y el trabajo que no tiene fin. You know, so he's like really pointing his finger really specifically at capitalism. And it's sort of connected, I think, to um, and writing the tales of all these student movements that have been happening in Chile, uh, most notably demanding the um, end of privatized education. They're really demanding education at all levels to be uh, really a right and accessible to everybody. And I think that these politics have really influenced um, Chilean artists and Chilean culture is sort of mer- emerging around those student wow. movements, wow. so it's really, really cool. Wow.
1: And does he sing about being gay?
0: Oh yeah! So he's always been super political about his own queerness. Um, he uh, this there's not just this song that where he speaks about like you know el Congreso piensa que estoy enfermo, like mm, talking right. about being gay, gay and his queerness, yeah. but also there's a video from his last album. Um, from about 2012 that is this homage to the ball scene. It's called Como Puedes Vivir Contigo Mismo. The video is just like this homage to this cultural product that like black and Latino, uh, New York queer and trans folks who are like, we're young people, like the originators of this culture were often homeless, often low income, often had to trade sex to survive. And it just warms my heart to see how far it has gotten to like provide solace to queer folks around the world. It's so, so, so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Talking about things that queer Black and Latino folks have done that have reached worldwide proportions, let's talk about Pride, yeah. the origins of Pride. Yeah, 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 totally. So, um, you know, Pride today in the United States is this like large, usually this like huge parade and it's really corporate and it's all these people like getting drunk and, you know, whatever. TBH is not my favorite, Um, but, you know, it has its place. But um, the first Pride ever was the one year anniversary of a Police riot. Yeah, right. An yeah, uprising totally. against the police. Uh, so in 1969. When uh, this uprising happened, um, it was really standard for police officers to go in and do these raids at queer and trans bars, yeah. demand to see that folks had like at least three pieces of quote unquote gender appropriate clothing. And they would just like, raid everyone, take them to jail for the night. And just like this was an enduring harassment that queer and trans folks face from the police back in the day. And, you know, not to suggest that queer and trans folks do not face a lot of harassment right. from the police today because they absolutely yeah, do. Totally. And, Many, many ways. But, you know, the uh, thing that the first Pride celebrated was one time when folks fought back. The queens threw their stilettos, you know, there were bricks. And it was when a bunch of Queenie, Femi folks that uh, were being consistently harassed by the cops were just like, enough. Fuck you. We're fighting back. And the folks who were the veterans of these movements are folks like Sylvia Rivera, right, who is one of my you know feminist heroes. Yes, yes. People don't know that she's Venezolana. No, she's half Venezolana. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know she's that. Puerto Rican, but she's also Venezolana. And I think claim you know, like it, the claim moment it. that I found that out, I just my heart soared. Oh <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. let the world
1: know. I remember my first pride was in DC, and I just graduated from college and I was like road tripping back down to North Carolina to like be home for a little bit and I was visiting my brother for his birthday in DC. Hi David, he listens to this podcast. So Oh my god, shout yeah. out David. Yeah, it's my brother David. Um and so his birthday happens to be like the same weekend as DC Pride. And um, I actually have to give him a little bit of apology because I sort of flaked out on him on his birthday to go hang out on Pride because I'd been out for like a year and it was coincidental that I was there for Pride and I was just like so amazed to be around so many queer folks and like just like wanted to be out and about. So I did like meet up with him, but I think he was a little upset that I didn't spend more time. So I'm sorry, David. It's... Um it's it's a tough it's it's a tough decision but so DC Pride has like a like soft spot in my heart because it was the first one and like yeah. the little Dyke March, it's like barely happens and then um the the parade and just like having everyone be out and I was just like my mm-hmm. eyes were wide open walking around being like oh my god this is my world so
0: look at all these homos. Oh man
1: what? And then so I was actually just in um Cuba for the first time which was amazing and maybe we'll talk about it in a different episode And um, it happened to be gay pride.
0: That's amazing. And I didn't even
1: know, like we saw that like the Malecón was blocked off um, and we didn't know what was going on. And then one of the people that I knew who was there later in that night showed me like videos and pictures from gay pride. And then I saw this media about it. And apparently it's the ninth gay pride that's happened in Cuba.
0: And it looked like a pretty big crowd. So that's amazing that like this amazing revolutionary act of like just fighting back has had this kind of impact around the world. It's incredible. I know.
1: I know. And now I wonder, like, is there, like, a way that Pride can shift to be more relevant to what we need today? I
0: feel like we could go back to the first Pride, you know, riots and uprisings. <laughs> you don't go to the parade anymore, I assume, right? I don't. I mean, the last time that I was at the parade, I was doing cop watch, trying to protect my people from the police. Yeah. <laughs> Still happening. So the next song
1: that we that I have for you is <laughs> Quiero Volar by Andy Pena. Para todas aquellas personas que a veces son rechazadas por la sociedad pero que son libres igual que los demás. Siente mi piel cuando me rocio con él y que rechazo una simple mirada de una mujer. Si hay un culpable, es el destino que quiso que yo naciera así. Soy gay, pero esto sé que no. No, 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 le gustará a mi papá. So this is a pretty amazing song because he's a gay bachatero and he's amazing. singing about being gay. Amazing. I mean, like that's just pretty unheard of. I think I'm pretty sure I heard this song on the my like favorite DC radio station, El Sol, um, and it took me a while to find it uh, again by googling "gay bachatero" a bunch. But um, <laughs> he's got two songs that I found um, and, and the other one is uh, Sigo Siendo Gay. Like he's, he's really he goes hard on the subject of his sexuality and that that's like a really big um, emphasis of his music. Um, and it's pretty bold. This song was from 2008. Um, I wasn't able to find out whether he's still making music, but the response that uh, he got at the time was pretty mixed. You know, some of it was actually pretty negative. And there's a video like if you Google um, Andy Pena, Andy Pena, quiero Volar, the first thing that comes up is this video that looks like a music video, but it's actually like the song, a music video that's making fun of the song and making fun of him, as right. far as I can tell. If anybody knows different, please let me know. But, um, so, you know, it's it's not easy to be a gay, openly gay bachata singer singing about that particular topic. Um, so, I, you know, I hope that, um, you know, I hope that it went, that he didn't get backlash that, like, harmed his career or his livelihood or his well-being but i'm really um happy that this exists and hope that it might open the door a little bit for other bachata singers to be more um open about their sexuality because the thing is like we know there are way more queer artists than like we have on this podcast or that even that we know exist and are out because queer people are everywhere but it's you know the, the repercussions to being openly gay or really rough especially in a genre like bachata that's all about love like every song you sing is about romance and so if you want to sing a song that's about love um, that isn't gendered or has like same sex gendering like you're really alienating yourself from so many of the people who listen to Bachata sadly. Right.
0: Well the Spanish language is unforgiving in that sort of way <laughs> in English you could sing a song about a beloved that you know you don't really know right. what the gender of that right. person is but right. Right. I think in Spanish yeah. it's less it's you're less able to do it Right.
1: but the good news is that there actually are other Bachata artists who've come out as like allies we could say that's cool yeah and um particularly romeo santos
0: all right romeo i
1: know and he's you know he's probably the he's like the biggest bachata star that we have i think at this point point. and um he released a song called no tiene la culpa that it's all about um you know it's about that it's not his fault which you know maybe not our favorite frame it's a little everybody okay but romeo. i mean yeah. He has such an incredible profile, And it's a, I mean, it's a sweet song. It's like about how he's effeminate, but it's not his fault. And about how he likes to like, he works in the hair salon. Like some of the stereotypes <laughs> about gay people, but that are kind of true. And it talks about discrimination and, and how he's treated badly. It talks about suicide. Like it has a lot of really amazing, um, emphases and, and themes. And it, when he released the song, um, everybody immediately was like he's gay he's gay he's gay because why would you ever sing a song about gay artists if you yourself are not gay which is just so like frustrating and yeah yeah so limited but that like the video of that song has gotten 35 million views on youtube
0: amazing so like
1: 35 million people have listened to a song probably way more than that Yeah, yeah um that's really supportive of gay kids and that's just pretty incredible so you know But I'm glad that he's using his platform because it hasn't hurt his popularity, clearly. And Andy Pena, if you're out there, I hope you're uh, keeping it real, my friend. Thank you for this.
0: So the song that I am bringing you all next is um, Rita Indiana and it's La Hora de Volver. I got into Rita Indiana back when she was part of Miti Miti and they had released this album called Altar Espandex, and they weren't really that big, and there weren't like lots of interviews. But it was her, the band, and this other woman. And just listening to them, I was like, These two are homos. I just knew it, you know. I was like, Especially listening to the song, they had this one song called Soy Un Tigre, que Tu eres una gata, y yo soy otra. And I was like, Y'all are fucking les. Yeah, well, also, les is.
1: also, the album title, I know. Altar Spandex, that's yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. I want to see what a. Sp- spandex altar looks like
0: (laughs) (laughs) but so uh then later she went solo um and released el ruidero her album from 2010 and it was just so so good and i love this song because it's about leaving your homeland immigrating coming to new york working your ass off and realizing that like the U.S. ain't shit, and that you want to go back.
1: Is she an immigrant?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, she had moved to New York for a while um, from the DR, and she went back. She was like, "Fuck this cold, terrible place. I'm coming back home to my mangos and my morenas." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck this cold, terrible place, and it just like gives me all these diaspora feels. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like it, makes me feel like I want to go back to Venezuela, but unfortunately, it's completely falling apart right now.
1: Yeah, not the
0: (sighs) moment. So sad. Sadly.
1: And I love the like merengue vibes that this song has. Yes. It's like very choppy and kind of uh, mixed, a mixed or remix. Yeah, it's of a merengue. sort
0: of like alternative merengue uh-huh. situation, which I really, uh-huh. really love. I feel
1: like she has a really distinct sound, right? She
0: really does, and I love it, but you know, she has said pretty explicitly that she will never make music again. Really? She did an interview and she's like, Ni por un millón de dólares. She just hated being famous. She hated being famous and she was a writer before she started making music and now she's back to writing and it's kind of like I think her main craft. What does she write about? She Novels. Oh, she writes fiction? Yeah, she writes novels. The other thing about her is that she does have this one video, Da which in which she like darkens her skin, which is just like so cringeworthy and I feel like I have to like put it out there because I do know about it and it makes me super uncomfortable. And it's too bad because the song is like dope as fuck. And it's also like about how like Haiti and DR have no business fighting and they should like really be united. And she just like came out with this foolishness of darkening her skin. And I don't think she IDs as Afro Latina. So right. it's like. Right.
1: It was like blackface?
0: Yeah. It was like, I mean, I don't know what the context is there for that, but it's like, it's like really not legit, cool. Legit, like makeup. It's not cute. Like makeup. Like not no. cute. No. No. Yeah.
1: Not the way to show solidarity. I don't no.
0: Think. It yeah. really wasn't. Yeah. So. Just putting it out there. It's not the best. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Yeah. Totally.
1: All right. Well, the next song, or the last song I have for you all is um, Albita, Que Manera de Quererte. Que Manera de Quererte. de jardín y primavera Donde podré buscarte si no en tu risa Tu risa de jardín y primavera Auténtica locura que acaricia mi voluntad y acá. This song is totally for my parents' generation. And so I, I immediately heard it and remembered kind of hearing them listen to it. Um, she, Alita herself was born, she was born in Cuba, came to the United States during the like post-revolution migration. Her parents were actually folk singers in Cuba. I don't know oh. much about the music that they produced, but she's like, I would consider one of the top of cuban american artists of that genre, of that era like the 80s 90s um, she's produced a ton of albums like willie chidino is another kind of contemporary of hers um, and she's openly lesbian and i was asking my mom about it because then my parents i remember when i was a kid and we'd be in miami they would go see her perform at yuca which i love that as the name of a club um <laughs> in south beach and um she was just like my mom was just like it was just like no big deal like people knew but Nobody made a thing of it. I think it's like one of those things that culturally, you know, you kind of just like, you put it out there, people know, but you don't make a, you don't have to make like a big ruido about it, right? Like it's just yeah. your
0: life. Kind of Juan Gabriel style. Exactly. Lo que se ve no se pregunta, mijo. <laughs> such a good, <laughs> such a good quote. Oh my God. was this epic, epic interview that y'all got a Google of Juan Gabriel being asked if he's gay. And he just like reads the interviewer. He's just like, lo que se ve no se pregunta. Eco. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up, son.
1: I think maybe we'll include the clip in our blog post so you can all see it. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. And he's got this like incredible hairdo going on in that yes. video and yeah, in I mean, the Huanga style. Right. So it's like some like I've heard this phrase from a a writer named Ivan Coyote, like my my closet was always made of glass. Like some people don't have yeah. even the privilege to be closeted in some right. ways, right? Like that because of your gender identity or your expression or how you yeah, act yeah. like people just know that you're yeah. queer and there's no question about it um i don't know if albita you know i don't know exactly what her coming out story was if it was one of those things that everyone knew or if she mm-hmm. made a statement about it but it's pretty well known and i uh, when i was researching her a little bit i saw i heard that um that albita drag queens are pretty oh big thing or were at least at some point in south beach she has this like amazing like reddish orange hair that I'm, she must die I can't imagine it looks pretty dyed, but so I feel like that would be a good look for a drag queen um, and I love this song I mean it's it's classic salsa it has like a very it has a very like guajiro feel to it um, that just kind of a particular type of sound and so you know I, I, I love her music I think it's really classic and she's produced like seven or eight albums in, 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 and the re- most recent was in 2014 so we'll see what Albita keeps up to
0: amazing
1: one thing we were talking about with this episode is just the question of, like, language and identity. Like, she, you know, very much is lesbiana, and that's how yeah. the language people used to talk about her. But as young people, and, like, I personally use the word queer much more than I would ever say lesbian. Yeah. Um, and in Spanish, like, there, you know, I don't know really exactly what kind of language, like, young people are using in, like, Spanish-speaking countries to talk about themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, to some degree queer, some folks are talking about. But, you know, like, in Venezuela, like, I've heard of, like, lesbiana, gay, be, you know, like, um, I think when other people, like, ID me in Venezuela, like, my cousins would say that, like, I be, you know, like, because they know me. that I've dated, like, men and women, you know. That's not how I identify myself, but, you know, it's, like, the way that they understand it. Um, you know, like, I obviously learned all of the derogatory language. Yeah, me too.
1: One of the terms I learned when I was in, I went to Madrid, like basically like right after I'd come out and I like found the neighborhood which is called Chueca. And I yes. love that word because it means like a little bit off, like La Mesa Esta Chueca, right? Um, and so that's the name of the neighborhood And I, I feel like that would be a great term like a spanish equivalent of queer yes um but i don't know let's i'm gonna start identifying as (laughs) (laughs) i'm here for it i mean i feel like it describes me in a lot of different ways Um, i'm here for it but i don't know if anybody is is has used that
0: term but i i'm a pretty big fan so what's the last song you brought for us the next thing i have for y'all is espada by javier amena Chilena. Um, She's kind of been an indie darling of the Latino world ever since her debut um, Esquemas Juveniles in 2006. And she used to do a little bit more acoustic stuff, but now she's like moved pretty solidly into a more sort of synth heavy um, electro pop sort of sound. And um, I'm so here for it. This song uh, is off of Otraera, her third solo album from 2014. Um, And I love this song. And the video is basically the most Les video of all
1: time. You have to watch it right now.
0: Yes. Pull it up on your phone from our blog post. Do yourself a favor. (laughs) And it's like a queer femme visual party. Yeah. If you didn't think Quiero que tu espada me atraviese was gay, the music video will disabuse you of that notion right quick.
1: How would you translate that phrase?
0: Oh my God. I want, well, the literal translation is I would like your sword to traverse me, me. traverse Traverse me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just amazing. I want your sword through me. It's like, okay, girl. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, and it's a literal sword in the video.
0: In the video. It's a literal
1: sword, and there's a lot of swords near vaginas
0: and through fingers. It's just really, really incredible. I've never in my life made a gift other than the gifts that I made from this video because they're just I've
1: never seen them
0: incredible holding out on me (laughs) (laughs) I'll find them I'll bring them back from the dead and pull them up they're incredible yeah
1: I mean the best way I could describe this video is like lesbian LSD like yeah I don't even know but it's 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 amazing and it like 80s there's a lot of spandex and like I don't even know
0: it's it's incredible. There's like something that looks kind of like
1: fisting happening. Yes,
0: everything about it is amazing. Just do yourself a <laughs> favor. It's difficult to explain. Yeah. Take a look. Take a look. Where did you discover her? Do you know, Javiera Mena? I don't know. I guess the blogs, the internet blogs. Yeah. <laughs> She's been like sort of like I said, this darling of the indie Latino music scene right. for a while. well thank you so much for joining us um we want to give a shout out also to all of like the old head queers in the latino music scene shout out juan gabriel shout out chabela vargas also shout out to all the ones that have been doing it in silence but Mm -hmm. didn't ever come out we know you're there yeah
1: we love you too We
0: still appreciate you
1: you can find us online at radiomenea.com and also on social media And we would love it if you would consider writing us a review on iTunes. It really helps uh, the podcast get in front of new audiences.
0: Thank you so much. Ciao.